Episode 166 is here, everybody, with Nicole Guberman, a women's coach who helps uh, people overcome narcissistic abuse, codependency, etc. She uh, works with predominantly women who have suffered from uh, being in a relationship uh, with a, a narcissistic person, a person that suffers from NPD, otherwise known as Narcissistic Personality Disorder, and she came on to talk uh, all things about the characteristics, the traits, the signs, symptoms, and uh, ways to uh, improve and recover from uh, that type of behavior. So check her out. We've linked her in the show notes. As always, everybody, please subscribe or follow. I think we're done with calling this uh, subscriptions. We're done with calling uh, podcasting by using the word subscribe. Apple Podcast is now calling it follow like most of the other apps are, uh, because the subscription word uh, implied that there would be some kind of payment required. So there's no payment required when it comes to listening to this podcast. And uh, please continue to follow, like, comment, share, rate, and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated, everybody. With that said, uh, phenomenal conversation, very insightful, and really appreciate her time today. Please welcome the one and only Nicole Guberman. The Optimal Life. Nicole, welcome. How are you today? Doing great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. This is uh, an exciting one for me because I am really intrigued by human behavior, human dynamics, personality types, and uh, one of the most unique personality types um, are narcissists. And that's something that you specialize in, which I'm really looking forward to getting into the details with you. But first off, let's start with this. Define narcissist for the audience. Sure. Yeah. It, narcissism, it's, it's quite... It's quite the topic. I think it's pervasive in our society. And, you know, it's important to know what you're dealing with when it comes to a narcissist. And narcissism, it exists on a spectrum. So, you know, we all have a healthy amount of narcissism that allows us to function and stay alive. But then there's, you know, things like toxic narcissism and narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder that's you know personality disorder and they someone who has this will likely exhibit at least five of certain kinds of traits like they have a grandiose sense of self-importance they have a preoccupation with you know fantasies of unlimited success power brilliance this this idea of ideal love um you know a belief that he or she is special, um, that they should only associate with other special or high status people or places. Uh, They are constantly seeking excessive admiration. They've got this sense of entitlement that they have these unrealistic expectations um, or expect a certain kind of treatment or a certain kind of compliance with their expectations. Mm. Um, They're interpersonally manipulative. They take advantage of others to achieve their own ends. Um, they often lack a sense of empathy um, and they're unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. Um, and they're often envious of other people. And then they, along with that, they have the belief that others are envious of them. And they have a tendency to be arrogant 
and show those kinds of behaviors and attitudes towards others. So those are a lot of the signs of a, of a narcissist. But in terms, and I will unpack a lot of that because those are all the, want to get into the details. But in, yeah. layman, in layman's terms, okay, that, those are characteristics that many narcissists possess. But if somebody came up to you and said, Nicole, just in generally speaking, what do you believe, how do you define narcissist in one or two sentences? Sure. <laughs> that's, that's interesting because I think everyone has their own interpretation of what narcissism is based upon their own upbringing and their conditioning and their own belief system. So, you know, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, what I just described comes directly from something called the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And that's typically what a psychiatrist or psychologist or therapist would use. And that is something I really don't deal with because I am not a licensed therapist. So my definition of narcissism is anyone who uh, you're interacting with who is just not hearing you. They're not hearing you. They're not, uh, you know, uh, honoring your needs. They are totally obsessed with themselves and they... You know, they're living their life without regard for other people. And ultimately, this leaves a person feeling bad about themselves. And that's an awful place to be when you're on the other end of that. So they're living life without regard for others. Let's go, let's let's talk about that. Um, when somebody falls in love with somebody else, and they might think that this person on the other side is the most amazing person in the world, he or she showers me with with gifts with attention with love with uh you know fulfilling these fantasies whatever it is um and uh everything seems fantastic at the beginning but so why is it why is it that these people who lack such regard for others have such a um ease of success in getting people to fall in love with them at the beginning yeah, so what you're describing is, is something called love bombing, where when you're when you're first interacting with someone like who who has this kind of behavior, who operates from this place, they're love bombing you. They're giving you all this admiration, this attention, this praise, so that they suck you in, and and that that that's manipulative, you know. And and they're doing that to to really, you know. They're doing that because they're looking for supply, supply for their own ego, supply to make themselves feel better, and they they are sucking that out of the other person. And so the the person on the other side, you know, the person who's not the narcissist, they don't know unless they know what love bombing is. They don't know that they're being love bombed. They're just, wow, this person's giving me all this attention. Wow, this person's really into me. Something, you know, I, I haven't experienced this before, and so it can be very enticing. It can, it, it kind of, it hits you, <laughs> and then you don't know what happened until you're you're realizing, oh my god, this person just love bombed me, and putting together the pieces way after the fact. Is the narcissist love bombing intentionally? Are they doing it with uh, uh, an intent to get that person to fall in love? Um, or are they not, are they, is a narcissist who's so deeply programmed into this narcissistic world not even cognizant that they're doing this to the other person? That's a good question. Some might be doing it intentionally and some are, you know, they're unaware that it's, 
that it's going on they just do it because they're building up their ego and because underneath that there's this intensely fragile sense of self and they're trying to build themselves up because of that vulnerability that they're unwilling to show anyone you know mm. uh, a narcissist really is not going to show their vulnerability but only behind closed doors with themselves they, they won't take that mask off uh, and, and so when when they're love bombing that's for their own gain and they could be aware of that or not. It really depends on the level of severity. So you're saying that the reason that a narcissist acts out in many of these different ways that you probably already described at the beginning is for their own sense of self. It's for their own feeding the ego. They, they, they're so uh, insecure deep down that these are ways to make themselves feel better. Is that what you're exactly. saying? It mm -hmm. it, it's a way to inflate their own ego. They have this this false identity that they're projecting to the world, and uh, that's you know that's that's the opposite of of being authentic. You know, they mm. they don't even realize that that's who they are. They have they've been brought up. Um, you know, people often wonder like what causes narcissism, and and that's very complex. You know, they, they've been conditioned from their, you know, young young life that if people are giving them information like, you're incredible, you're amazing, you're perfect, all this stuff, they're going to grow up with that kind of belief system, like, ah, I'm this amazing person, and then expect that kind of treatment from others, you know, or there's some kind of trauma going on um, in their early life, and that is causing them to behave a certain way later on trauma that goes on in childhood for give an example something traumatic that happens to them throughout their childhood that they don't address as they grow into their adult lives and then it right. it, it manifests into this form of uh, a personality disorder yes it, it, exactly and so some people depending upon what those experiences are like maybe that they had a very controlling parent or uh, maybe there was some kind of abuse going on, emotional or physical, um, a certain kind of scenario where they were beaten down emotionally and then developed this kind of behavior as a means to work through those issues. Um, but it, it's, it's, very, it's a very complex issue because the situations are different. Every, every person's you know, upbringing, it has a different kind of flavor, and so that, that's a hard question to answer. It is, and I, it's it's not all nature and it's not all nurture. It could be a combination of both, clearly. Correct. Um, the research Correct. does show that. They, you know, they have difficulty regulating their emotions, and they're going to seek this kind of admiration. They're going to seek, they're going to seek these relationships, but it's very superficial. It's superficial for them. You know, they, they don't really understand vulnerable and, and authentic interaction. And so, yes, they're going to believe I have, I have all these friends and all that, you know, but it, that that is superficial. And, uh, you know, a narcissist, a truly, um, you know, narcissistic person either that has NPD or is going toward it, um, they really aren't interested in changing. Uh, you know, they they're not they're not going to go and seek pro professional help uh, because they they don't really understand what the problem is. 
they, they can't understand the other point of view. They're unwilling to. Yes. And so there are people who, who realize, oh, I have some narcissistic tendencies. Let me go address that. That level of narcissism is much different than what you're describing. Yeah. Right. So the person with the, the severe dis, the disorder itself, uh, the issue is is that they don't understand that they have the disorder. They don't want to believe that their perspective is, is anything but flawless. And it right. prevents them from ever even thinking, there's nothing for me to change, right? I mean, wh why does anyone want me to change? I'm perfect. Right. Exactly. And so when they're telling people, you know, what are you talking about? That, that's crazy. Or you're crazy. That's, that's called gaslighting where they're causing doubt in the other person and the other person ends up feeling like, am I crazy for, for thinking this? Am I crazy for having these feelings? No, you're having legitimate feelings. And, you know, the, the gaslighter is just, they, they, that's how they deflect someone who is trying to assert boundaries and assert their feelings, you know, because we have the right to express ourselves. We have the right to express our feelings and our thoughts and if someone's unwilling to even listen to us not worth being with that person not worth putting our energy into that relationship I would imagine that that's a very common thing that you're dealing with in coaching your clients is that they're coming to you with this frustration and I want to get into this um, about potentially their partner and then they're saying to you Nicole you probably hear this all the time Nicole am I crazy like I, I, I'm, I I'm, I'm feeling guilty like Maybe I made too big of an issue and I'm, I'm like, I'm the loony one. Well, you know, that's common, uh, you know, and, and when a person has been interacting with a narcissist, they, they start to develop these symptoms of always talking about them. He did this and she did this and this happened and blah, blah, blah. And it becomes about the story the story of what they did and everything has, has to do with them. And that, you know, am I crazy? Am I, you know, what's going on? What's happening here? Them, 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 them. Um, you know, it's about them. They are in a place of self-denial. Mm. They're not truly honoring themselves. And so that self-denial is a huge issue, huge problem. And so is a person who's dealing with a narcissist, are they more interested in staying stuck in that story? Or are they interested in getting out of it? In solving the problem and I think that is super important because there is this preoccupation with understanding what narcissism is and understanding how to identify it da, 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 da. when it comes down to it if you're feeling bad about yourself if you're feeling that something's wrong yes you have to understand what the problem is but it's not going to solve the problem by researching narcissism and reading articles and studying the traits I mean I did that because I wanted to know what was going on. Well, what is this and how did I get involved and, and why and you know how could I have done it differently? But the more you research narcissism, the more you, you invest in understanding who they are and what they do, you're, you're keeping yourself in the story. Mm. You know, on a, on a very basic level, you're keeping yourself in that story and how is that serving you to stay in that story? Right, right. To stay, to stay in that kind of drama. Some people have an investment in this kind of suffering or this kind of crazy making. If I, uh, you know, if I stick to the story and I, I get so embroiled in this story, then I'm going to get attention and I'm going to be heard in some way. But how does that help you? What does it do for you? 
Right. You know, and, and you have to make the the, deline- the delineation of what would I rather be doing than focusing so intensely on this narcissist? You know, what do I need to do in my life to get to where to get to where I want to go? And what do I need? And what's important about me? And those things. And that is crucial because when you're dealing with a narcissist, you've essentially been in, in self denial. You know, what some people call some some therapists out there call call it uh, self love deficiency disorder. I I like to see it particularly as self denial, point blank, because you've stopped focusing on yourself. It becomes all about the other person. Mm. There's a lot there. So. Give us an example. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot there. There's a, there's so many different ways to go with this thing. So give us an example. Exactly. Give us a common example of just a gaslighting situation for, for somebody that's listening that goes, huh, maybe they've never even thought about it. And they're going, oh, wow, I, I'd like, I want to think about that a little bit more w- with my partner, my boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. Um, what's a common example of that? All right. Well, that's a, that's a great question, and it manifests in different ways. Um, often a narcissist has some kind of addiction, whether it's sex addiction, and uh, you know maybe they drink a lot, or they're they're really obsessed with their work, you know. And uh, you find yourself saying, you know, why are you doing that? You know, you're not you're not paying attention to me, or you're so obsessed with that, and I'm here feeling alone. And and the person, the narcissist will say, what are you talking about? Like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why, why, why are you so needy? You know, why, why, why are you feeling like that? Of, of course I love you. Da, 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 da. They're totally disregarding the other person's feelings. You know, mm. does that make sense? That example? It does. It and does. So, so, so you're, you're, so, yeah, so you're, you're the, let's, let's play it out. I come home, long day. Long day at the office. Yet another long day at the office, right? Another long day at the office. Go ahead. You, you say to me what, what your, a typical person that's on the other side of the narcissist would say. Uh, they would say, sorry, somebody just knocked on my door, but I can't answer that. Someone right knocked on my door. Uh, <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, remember that show, so, Three's Company? So on the other side. Do you remember that show? On the other show? side of the narcissist, so. You know, hi, honey, how you doing? Uh, you know, t- I, I want to tell you all about my day. Uh, you know, when's a good time? And the narcissist would say, oh, I, I don't want to talk to you right now. I, I don't want to hear that. I had a long day. And, and just, right. I had a long day, you know. I've had me meetings. Alone. I've had meetings. You leave know, me alone. Um, it, me, me, me. It's all about me. This happened. And they may launch into a story of, oh, my God, this happened. And um, they just disregard the other person completely instead of saying oh hi honey you know i i had a long day i need a couple of minutes to decompress um, but let's talk about it in an hour you know let me decompress and i i want to hear about your day and uh, those kinds of things where they're they're showing uh you know regard for the other person they're showing love they're saying these are my needs and i want to hear you, what you have to say rather than just totally you know disregarding them right but then and, but then you as the as the victim will call it the the non narcissist uh, back to the original example says you know you, you you come home all the time every time i want to share something with you you're not emotionally there for me you're always talking about yourself this is what you're starting to say cuz you're getting frustrated 
and then here I am, the narcissist, and I'm going, and, and I, the gaslighting part is where I then somehow find a way to shift and turn your comments back onto you, right? That's the gaslighting piece of it. And I start mm -hmm. making you feel like the crazy person because I'm saying to you, you know, what are you talking about? Why are you always so emotional? You, you know, go look at yourself in the mirror. Why do you need my approval for everything? I, I, there's ways I could spin it back on you. And then you, yes. as the victim, is sitting there, just got gaslighted. You have no idea what the heck just happened. And you go to bed that night thinking to yourself, am I the crazy one? What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You've been programmed to believe something bad about yourself. You know, when you start to feel bad about yourself based upon somebody else's behavior, that is a big problem. When you're in a, an intimate relationship with someone, you're not supposed to be feeling bad about yourself. You're supposed to be feeling good about yourself. The person that you're in an intimate relationship with is meant to show love and support. You know, they, they're there to lift you up. You know, they're not going to solve all your problems and and you need to love yourself first. But the point of being in a relationship is to experience love and intimacy and connection. So if you're not experiencing those things, you're actually associating love with pain. And that's the crux of the issue here, that when you start to feel that love is painful, that's a major problem. And that's something that needs to be totally rewired. So your clients come to you. Obviously, every situation is different. My first question about the advice and counsel that you're giving, you work strictly with females? In general, yes. Okay. That's do you believe? Do you believe that men are, there's more narcissistic men than women, or is it, does it not matter based that's, on gender? That's a great question. I don't have an answer for that, but okay. um, in general... Perhaps, you know, there are men who have dealt with narcissistic women. That That is definitely an issue, too. Um, but because I am female and I've gone through the experience through my mom, uh, you know, I, I have a deep sense of purpose in helping women sure. You know, sure. really overcome that subconscious programming that's become conditioned because I went through it myself. Gotcha. So... Um Somebody comes to you, they give you all the information. You obviously clearly know that they're dealing with narcissistic abuse. Is there a, an option at the beginning for the person, your client, to then go back to her partner and say, Hey, we have to sit down and talk about this. I love you, but I think that you're, you've got a, a can they, can they come out directly and say, I think you have a personality disorder? Or is it, it, would that just send shockwaves through the, the relationship? That's a great question. Uh, you know, it really depends on the certain situation. I think if you're going to go flat out and say it to a narcissist, uh, they're going to deny it or throw it back on you saying you're crazy, you know, things like that. Um, if they are willing to hear it, you know, that that's going to be quite interesting. Uh you have to decide what's the gain of doing that. What are, you, what are you going to gain from saying that to the narcissist? Or what are you going to lose by saying that? Is it going to make your life more difficult by bringing it up? Or is it going to spark a conversation where they're going to be willing to listen to you? So you have to know your, know that you, you got to know your partner's responses in general and see and kind of predict what's going to happen. Which path if do you, you typically... Go, 
Which, which path yeah. do you typically lead your clients on? Uh, that's that's a that's a tricky question because every situation is different. Personally, I would say, you know, rather than trying to force something on someone else and try to control somebody else and say this is this is your problem, I would focus on the client and say, what do you need to do to feel better about yourself and about your needs and your future? So I would say, we not worth it. Is the relationship worth it? Is the relationship worth it, and is it worth it to bring that up to them? You know, it, it, you have to decide what are you getting out of uh, what are you getting out of the relationship. You know, what is it actually doing for you? Is it meeting your needs? You know, are you surviving in this, or are you actually thriving? Are you soaring? You know, you have to really understand where where you have now landed. You know, how how bad is it? How bad of a problem is it? I guess what I'm trying. I guess what I'm trying to understand because it's such a complex issue is, mm-hmm. if somebody finds himself in a relationship with somebody that possesses many of these narcissistic traits, is there a chance to salvage the relationship? Is there a the the you mentioned earlier the problem that many narcissistic people have is they don't even know that they have these issues and they don't want to even admit that they have these issues. Um, so. Is there a way to salvage this type of behavior? And can the narcissist, I guess, kind of somehow turn things around and become a better partner over the course of time with therapy, with with coaching, those kind of things? It's a great question. It really depends on the willingness of the narcissist. And generally, they're not going to want to go to therapy. And even if they do go to therapy, they're going to be very resistant and, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're going to be stubborn and put up uh, a wall and, and you know, not want to do the work. And <laughs> that ends up being like pulling teeth for the other person because on some level they want to, you know, salvage the relationship, the narcissist, I mean, but it's not really genuine. It, it doesn't come from a place of authenticity. You know, when you go to therapy as a couple, you are both invested in the healthy uh, development of the relationship, you know, the future of the relationship. And uh, if, a, if a narcissist is unwilling to do that, then you're not really going to get anywhere. Right, um, right. Does that make sense? You need a willing and able dance partner. Absolutely. Uh, right. It takes two, right? It takes it, two. It takes two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a narcissist is all about me, 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 all about number one. Talk to us a little bit about yeah. your uh, whatever you're willing to share, if you would. Talk us a little bit about what you went through and your experience. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, so, my experiences have been quite interesting, um, and I think part of it has to do with me growing up uh, in the arts, you know, in in the field of classical music and opera, and the field in general <laughs> has a lot of narcissists. Um, you know, I, I say that very neutrally, but it, it's just part of the business. Everyone is self-involved, and it's all about everyone's individual instrument. And look at me on stage. There has to be a certain amount of 
healthy narcissism within a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> no, a certain, <laughs> I just misspoke. It has to be a certain amount of healthy narcissism within an artist. Yes. Um, and so, <laughs> well, because you, you know, as, uh, an just, just... as an artist, you have to learn how to reconcile uh, those narcissistic elements with the authenticity of expressing emotion and knowing yourself on a deep level. And that's something that I had to learn how to reconcile and manage and really develop that yes it is all about you when you're the artist but it's also about the audience and about what you're sharing and what you're contributing to society through music and so basically by being in a field where it's very self-involved you know as you train for years and years and years and you subject yourself to the feedback and the criticism and the judgment of people you know casting directors of coaches and things like that teachers who are always giving you feedback you have to decide what do i want to take in that's that's actually going to do something for me and what do i want to filter out and when you're a young person learning about your voice and 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 learning about your instrument and honing it and doing all that work, you know, your brain is also still developing. Mm. So when you're getting feedback that could be considered critical or judgmental or whatever, you have to understand that, well, what's my bubble? What's my sense of self? You know, and I had to learn that. I really had to learn that. And, you know, I, I went through a very interesting process of saying to myself, you know, what do I really think? What do I really need? What really is my voice? And not giving my power away to other people. And that's what I teach my clients to do, to not give their power away. But was there somebody in your life particularly that was trying to take that power? I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it comes from their own behaviors and belief systems hmm. you know I, I worked with certain coaches and teachers who were like that I you know had been in relationships with other musicians who were like that uh, you know so those kinds of experiences I, I had gotten I had gotten to the point where I no longer wanted to suffer uh, in those kinds of relationships and that it didn't feel good to be criticized or it didn't feel good to uh, you know um, to be minimized that, that someone would be willing to put up with that and, and someone might not and right. I got to the point where I didn't want to be in relation in relationships where I felt uh, that I was wasn't being heard yes. and it's and it's interesting it's fascinating because you have to learn how to use your voice as an opera singer you know, you have to learn the intricacies of the vocal function and expressing yourself artistically, um, the artistry behind what you do. And so it, to me, it all kind of, it's full circle that I work through my own personal issues through growing my voice. And that's what I love to help other women do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very interesting and beautifully said. What's tricky about the whole thing is, again, you can't, there's a it's a walking a tightrope here because, you know, not, no relationship's perfect. Obviously, there's going to be times in a relationship, in a completely healthy relationship, where there's disagreement or the other person says something that maybe they shouldn't say. They make the other person feel bad. That doesn't necessarily mean you're living in a narcissistic, abusive relationship, 
right? I mean, there are there are there's I would imagine it's just got to be somehow when the when those activities are the daily, when those are the norm versus the abnorm, then you may be looking at something like narcissism, right? Because every relationship's going to have their ups and downs, lefts and rights. Right, exactly. So, you know, it, it's it's a great point. There's going to be conflict in any relationship, no matter what. It's a part of life. Yes. And we have to learn how to manage those conflicts rationally and manage our feelings and and know and, and, and learn how to communicate with others so that we have clear boundaries, that we are speaking our truth, we're asserting ourselves, and we're not going to get all of our needs met by everyone, that certain people are going to have... Uh, you know, they're going to fulfill a purpose for you in your life. You know, not every, you're not going to get everything from one person, and yeah. and you really shouldn't. You know, the, that when you're in a relationship, you have to be able to love yourself first. You know, to be able to love another person, and uh, you know, to have the expectation that a partner is going to meet every need, I think, is unrealistic. Yeah, I 100% agree. So uh, b- before before we finish off, uh, some tips, some pieces of advice. Uh, obviously, this is what you do. You help women uh, overcome uh, prior narcissistic, uh, abusive situations, codependency, those types of things. So talk us through it. If there's a woman out there that's listening right now that's struggling with this, uh, what are some tips and advice that you'd give to her? Absolutely. So I do want to make the distinction that you know, the, my approach is alternative, and it's it's rapid transformational work. So what I do is very different from spending years in therapy working on these issues. I have massive respect and admiration for the field of psychotherapy, as it you know, I my family is in that field, and so you know, it's always important to have a therapist in your life. But if a woman wants to work with me, they're ready for change. They want to experience rapid growth. They are sick of settling with what they've been dealing with. They no longer want to suffer, and they're ready to have an absolutely amazing life, whether it is, you know, having their dream relationship, you know, becoming more successful professionally and really becoming financially free, or simply having a deeper sense of self, a deeper sense of self in their purpose, and the way they carry themselves and the way they speak and the way they interact with others. If they really want to become their truly authentic self, then absolutely get in touch with me. (laughs) You know, my work is not essentially, it's not trauma-based, it's strengths-based. So I'm not gonna focus on what's wrong. I'm gonna focus on what you want, what your outcome is, where you wanna go and how to get there. And that largely has to do with identity, how you view yourself, how you talk to yourself, how you see yourself, how you hear yourself, and the kinds of thoughts and beliefs and feelings you have that are running the show. That's that's what I help women to reprogram mm. through modalities such as NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is basically a study of success or what many call the lost user manual of the mind or how we use language to create our reality 
and go after what we want. It, it could also be construed as hypnosis with the eyes open. Um, so NLP and hypnosis are very interrelated. Uh, and that's the kind of rapid transformational work that I do, which is quite different from psychotherapy, with, which generally uh, focuses on work from a conscious standpoint rather than uh, working with the unconscious or the subconscious. That's it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is your brain on fire? <laughs> yeah, it, it really is because, uh, and I, it's just such an interesting topic. Again, human psychology and human behavior is something that I'm very, very interested in, and I'm always learning about. And there's never, there's not enough years in our lifetimes to even learn it anywhere near all of it. Um, but, exactly. So yeah. I love that we just dove into this for 40 minutes because we're really just scratching the surface. Yes. Uh, you know, but and and there are many different you know perspectives. You know, there there's doctors and psychotherapists out there, and and there's alternative folks like me. It really comes down to how a person is comfortable approaching it. Absolutely. Know? And. A lot of my work is, you know, people have their own misconceptions about what hypnosis is, you know, or maybe they didn't have a great experience with a, di a different hypnotherapist, and so they're like, eh, no, hypnosis, no. But it really comes down to the connection you have with, with your practitioner, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's my honor and my pleasure to help a woman in their path, you know, I, I this is very, very important work to me, and I... I'm not a cookie cutter kind of coach, so that you know, I it, this is just this is one of the reasons why I'm on the earth. Yes, this fulfills you. This. this is your yeah. purpose. This is one of your main purposes. This is your why. Why? Because you feel yeah. you're fulfilled. You want other women to to not go through maybe some of the things you've gone through. You want women to come out better on the other side. I'm sure those successes that you see on a daily, weekly, monthly basis there's not a better feeling in the world to you yeah it's it's thrilling it's it's thrilling to watch a woman make that transformation um and to know that she deserves it you know and, and that she's worth it that she values herself that's huge yes that's that's yes. it's huge so last last question for you again back to kind of what i said before that makes sense a lot of the, the nlp and there's different approaches for every person but Generally speaking, someone that's listening right now, what's the lowest hanging fruit? What's the lowest, the easiest thing, the path of least resistance, something that they can put into motion today to at least begin the turnaround process for themselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Sure, exactly. Well, I would decide what you want. What's your dream? What would make you the most happy? What lights you up? What kind of person uh, would make your life better? What you know? What do you value? What are your values? You know, and and create your life from there. You know, and focus on what you want. You know, we have to reframe life every single day. Things are going to happen. You know, we're going to run through these obstacles. Is that obstacle actually an opportunity for you? Absolutely. What's the opportunity there? And live your life from that place of constantly questioning and saying, "What's good about this? You know, why now? What? Why do I want to deal with this now? Mm. You know, um, rather than kind of living on autopilot, 
oh, things gonna be okay. Yeah, I have to be positive. That's 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 phoning it in. So you got to go deep down inside and ask yourself, what do I need? How do I want to live? What do I want my future to look like? And I can help a woman or anyone walk through that process of getting really crystal clear on what that is. So basically, your current situation doesn't have to be your forever situation. Exactly. And, and if your current situation is causing you grief, heartburn, heartache, etc., on a regular basis, not the once in a while, you know, but if this has become a routine and you feel like, oh my God, I'm on a constant loop, this is my, this is my life, this is it, this is it. No, this is not it, is what you're saying. Address it. Yes. And acknowledge it. And because the, the, the only way you can start turning things around is to at least look yourself in the mirror and be authentic and tell yourself the truth, like you've said several times. Yes. Deep down, you have to know what the truth is. And you have to be willing to do anything to to make your life better. You have to be willing to do the work. Yeah. You want to see results. You know, if 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 that's not important to you and you you'd rather stay stuck in the story, then you know that that's that's your uh, that's your life, and you know that that's not the way everyone wants to live. But you got to decide. You know, how much longer do I want to keep suffering? Right. <laughs> do, you know what? What is this doing for me? Yeah. You know, is it? It's. Is it uh, serving a purpose to suffer, or would I rather um, have an investment in pleasure and joy and happiness and success? I I think this yeah. is f fascinating stuff, Nicole, and I I really appreciate you coming on to share it. And like you said, we we've just scratched the surface. We can talk about this for <laughs> hours and, and hours and hours and hours. We will link up your uh, website and social media links in the show notes. Anyone wants to reach you, you can reach her through the links. And uh, Nicole, all the best to you. We'll stay in touch. Thank you so much, Nate. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.